0: Welcome, and thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan-Williams. This week's message, the Archbishop, illuminates the believer's understanding of the spirit behind unseen barriers. These are the causes in the delay of our deliverance and our healing. With divine insight on the spiritual principles and technicalities of prayer, we can receive the upper hand against the enemy. Know today that this is God's word of deliverance for you. Be empowered as you listen.
1: I've been dealing with a lot of contradictions, reflecting on so many issues, scriptures, and promises. And I'm investigating a lot of things, trying to make sense of so many things I struggle to make sense of. When I look at scripture, and I look at the promises that God has given to you and I. And I look at the circumstances that confront all of us. And the things we all deal with on daily basis. We go through and we encounter on daily basis in all of our lives. I see a lot of contradiction. Too much contradictions, And my faith is strong because I believe God. I have no other choice but to keep believing. However, I believe that the fault of some of the issues, some of the contradictions we deal with as individual Christians and believers, we must put the blame on our doorstep and not on God's doorstep. The reason is because God is faithful, He's ever faithful. He's able. He's reliable. If you look at his track record, he's faithful. He's reliable. He delivers. He keeps his word. He cannot lie. He's who he say he is. He makes good of his promises. In his promises, in they are yea and in they are amen. From everlasting to everlasting, he has never failed before and he's never failed anyone that put their trust in him and yet we have great promises and a great and a better covenant than that of the Hebrew scriptures or what you call the Old Testament and yet you find believers struggling in many areas of our lives we know that by his stripes we were healed and if we were then we are and yet you find so many believers and Christians battling with health issues with sickness, infirmities, and disease, and afflictions. We see a lot of troubles and challenges that believers encounter and go through day after day. Yet the Bible says the Lord is able to deliver. For many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. He didn't say some. He says all. And every now and then, you still have questions. Why? Why? Is a deliverance not coming for everybody? And we know that he was made a curse that we might be blessed. So we know that the curse was lifted. That we might walk in the blessings. And yet you still find Christians, all of us, dealing with dark shadows. A curse. Unseen barriers. Something fighting and opposing. And raising disputes over what is ours. Raising a dispute, bringing a contention over the manifestation of deliverance, healing, and the promises of almighty God. And if you don't stand strong in faith, you end up doubting the integrity of God's word. And that is all he wants. For us to have a weak faith, to question God, to doubt the promises and the word of God, But I pray that in your lifetime, you will never by any means doubt God or question God. In the name of Jesus, that there will never come a day in your life where you question the scriptures or you question the integrity of Almighty God. Let that day in the name of Jesus be averted and let it never come. But that is the greatest wish of the enemy for believers to question God and God's integrity and his word. Today, I want to deal with a subject I entitled, Overturning the Unforeseen Barriers. Unforeseen barriers. There are unseen forces working against us behind the scenes. Raising an objection to the manifestation of all that God has promised you and I. And to limit and to distract, to deny us. It's like your father leaves properties and money for you in an account. And he's clearing the will, And somebody raises an objection. And takes questions the will, and goes to court. As long as the case is in court. Even though you have all these properties and money. Until that dispute is settled. It's yours, but you don't have access to it. And there are disputes in the realms of the spirit. When it comes to God promises to you and I. Where the enemy raises an objection, a contention, a dispute over what God has said. And that was what happened in the beginning when the serpent came into the garden. <clears throat> and the enemy said to the woman, has God said? Did God really mean what he said? Do you think God is up to his word? Can God deliver? Is he up to the task? The strategy of the enemy was to get them to doubt what God said. That God don't keep to his word. And I know as you hear the sound of my voice, wherever you are, across the nations of the world, you have some unanswered questions on your mind. Me too. I have unanswered questions on my mind. Yeah. I've been preaching for 45 years. I started preaching at the age of 20 And I still have some unanswered questions on my mind because I see things that don't add up and don't make sense as long as scripture is concerned. I was talking to one of my elder sisters. She's going to be 90 in November. And one of the survivors of the five Pentecostal fathers in Ghana, he's over 97 right now. We're talking yesterday. And you could see that long life is possible. It's possible. It's possible to live long. It's possible to endure for a long time. And yet you see some precious ones, like one of our precious daughters, we have to lay her body to rest yesterday. Being rich, 60, great woman, good family, great husband, loved ones, good kids. And you ask yourself, what's going on? And somebody said to me yesterday, you know, that Papa, it's not how long one lives, but it's the difference you made. Those are good sayings. It's all good. But I don't buy it. I don't buy it because long life is possible. I don't buy it because Psalm 91 verse 16 is possible. That God promised to satisfy us with long life. And to show us his salvation. I believe that. I believe Psalm 91. That it is not. I believe that is not how long you live. I don't want to go into all these wise and good sayings that makes people feel good. Because he still doesn't answer questions. He still keeps unanswered questions on people's mind. The fact that people say God has given and he has taken, I don't believe in that. That was what Job said. That was not what God said. You have to differentiate between what man said and what God said. God doesn't take away loved ones from us. That is not God's way. God adds, he doesn't subtract he asks say i hear you so i want us to ask some questions when you go to a doctor and they can't find the cause of a particular illness they keep investigating they do all kinds of investigations they do urine tests to tests, blood tests different things to try and get to the bottom of it and i think for us christians we just accept things the way they are and we never investigate and it's dangerous not to do due diligence about the scriptures and the promises and our situation well, we, we have to learn to be consistent about what the scriptures is saying. And the fact that Jesus became a curse for us doesn't mean the blessing comes automatically. No. There's a fight to fight. The fight or the battle of the faith. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight. There is no crime without a fight. There's no victory without a fight. Even though Jesus paid the price and went to the cross, and accomplish all that he did. We must still and force and superimpose what he did. To see the manifestation. Because there is an adversary. There is an enemy. Who will raise an objection. And bring a dispute. And until the matter is settled and resolved. What is yours can never be yours. But today I pray and declare. From the throne room perspective. From where all authority over heaven and earth is derived. Let there be divine resolutions. Let there be divine settlement. And let unresolved issues be resolved in our favor. In the name of Jesus, put your hands together and say yes. The Bible says in Isaiah 4, 6, that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They are destroyed for not knowing and understanding what's going on. Because they lack light. They lack the ability to go behind the scenes. Or what you call the back end. To investigate and to know what's really going on. Until we understand and we know the source and the cause of situation. We call it causes, and effects. If you are dealing with the effect and you don't deal with the cause, you never have an answer to the situation. And we are dealing with symptoms and never get to the root or the root cause of the matter. And so, we live in a dilemma. We have unanswered questions, dealing with contradiction. The scriptures is saying one thing and we are seeing something different from what the word is saying. I look forward to the day in the name of Jesus, here and now, not some future by and by, but right here, in all of our lifetime, that we'll experience the full effect and manifestation of the benefits of redemption, of the benefits of our salvation, and of the benefits of the finished work of Christ. It is a possibility. It is possible. I'm telling you, it is possible. But we got to put up a fight. We have to be consistent and realize that it doesn't happen overnight. That there is a work to be done. And let's get going. Let's begin to work. My people, he didn't say the unsaved or the unbeliever. But he said my people are destroyed. For what they don't know. For what they lack understanding. Light, illumination or revelation of. And until we begin to work in revelation and illumination. There will be so many things that will have advantage over us. 2 Corinthians
2: 2 and the 11 verse. 2nd, 10, 2 Corinthians 11, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Yeah. But we are not ignorant of his devices.
1: You see, so the enemy's advantage is the maintenance of our ignorance. As long as he can keep us ignorant of the things he's doing and of the back end and what's going on in the shadows, he has an advantage. But I pray today in the name above every other name. That every advantage the adversary has over us in the name of Jesus shall be taken away from him. Let him be stripped and denied of any advantage. And I pray that every mystery behind situations we can not make sense of be demystified today in the name of Jesus. That we will live here with a better understanding and appreciation of God's word as never before. If you believe it, put your hands together and say yes. Satan loves it when we are ignorant. He loves it when he can hide and keep things from you and I. But I pray today that whatever is hidden in the clouds, whatever is hidden anywhere, in the name of Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let it be uncovered and be known. Let not the enemy have any advantage by any mystery whatsoever. In the name of Jesus, let the scriptures be superimposed. Let the counsel of the Lord be enforced over the devices in the hearts of men. And over that program in the womb of time. I pray that you and I will have the upper hand over the programmings of the enemy in the womb of time. Say amen. Come with me if you please. To the book of 2nd Corinthians. Chapter 9 verse 8 second Corinthians 9 and 8
2: and God is able to make all grace abound toward you
1: look at it look at the first word God is able please hear me he's able not he will but he has the capabilities he's able he can do it he has what it takes it takes nothing for him to do whatever God said he he is able to do it he's more than able Go ahead. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. He creates grace. He makes grace available to you and I. Right? That ye always having all a sufficiency in all things. He didn't say that ye every now and then. He didn't say that ye every now and then. He said that ye what always Always. use the word ye what always. Talk to me. Ye what always. Talk to me. I'm not a lecturer. I'm just trying to reason with you so we can make sense of the things we can't make sense of. That God always does what always. That He what always. Use the word always. Not every now and then. Not this roller coaster Christian life. Where one minute you have you feel good and confident about a situation, you have the other hand, and another minute you are down there. That is not what I'm talking about. Jesus said, listen to the scriptures. He said, this is God's plan for you and I. That we will be above only. Say above only. Above only. Use that word. Say above only. Above only. only. He said above only. And never beneath. Then he said, my people will be the head and not the tail. Above only. Say only, 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 only. That is God's original intent for you and I, and it has not changed. His original intent and purpose for us has not changed. Above only in all things. Above only.
2: Go ahead. That you always having all sufficiency in all things.
1: Always, always having all all sufficiency in in all all things
0: may 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 abound
1: abound to every good work. Always having all, not some sufficiency, but all. Somebody say use the word, say all. All, all, all sufficiency in all things, not in some things. Not being blessed in everything, but in this one thing. Not being blessed, and then the joy of the blessing is taken out. So you are blessed, but you can't celebrate the blessing because the joy has been taken out. And folks, I'm not talking about money. You don't have to be a believer to have money. There are so many billionaires out there who don't believe in God and yet they have money. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about abundant life. John 10, 10. By the thief cometh to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that ye may have life and have it more in abundance. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about abundant life. Sufficiency in all things. Always at all times. Not every now and then. That is the word of God. And if it's not happening to you and I, it's not his fault, it's ours. It has to do with ignorance somewhere. It has to do with the lack of of ability to appreciate and understand the technicalities and the legalities. And how we work it from promise to manifestation and from promise to reality. Put your hands together say amen. Please realize that he's able to make all grace to abound. Second Corinthians two
2: fourteen. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Who every now and then? No sir. Please talk to me. Who every now and then? No sir.
1: But always. I can't hear you. But always. I'm in charge of this class. If you don't respond, I'll fail you. You won't walk. So if you want to graduate and walk, you have to respond to me. Amen? Who every now and then? Oh. But what?
2: Always.
1: What is always? Always, always means what? Oh. Always. He causes us to walk. Triumph. Say triumph. Right. You see, there's a difference between triumph and victory. Victory is when you've won the battle or the war. But triumph is when you celebrate the victory. So he's saying that I want you to be in, 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 in the state of celebration of the victory always. Not every now and then. I want you to be celebrating the victory and the breakthroughs all the time. The blessing. I want you to be in the mood of celebration. Come on somebody. Put your hands together and thank God. That is the word of God. Do you hear me? That is the word of God But I know that so many believers Are not living up to that expectation We are not celebrating the victory As we ought to always It's every now and then But it's supposed to be every day That is the word of God And you cannot rest And I cannot rest until that day In all of our lives Where we come to that place Where we celebrate the victory Always, all the time Come on, put your hands together Say yes Hallelujah. Come with me to Jeremiah 1:10. I want you to look at some things, Jeremiah 1:10, to explain some things to you.
2: See, I have this day set thee over the nations of the world, uh-huh. over the nations of the kingdoms, to root out. First, the purpose of
1: the elevation. You've been set in authority, in power. I've spoken to a lot of past presidents of Ghana and of some African countries. An African president came to see me three years ago with his vice president. We spent some time. And after they went to see the president of Jubilee House. And when we were talking, I asked some questions. And the guy looked at me and said, Archbishop, I have a lot of regrets. And I said, Mr. President, what do you mean? And he said, there are so many things. I could have done when I was in office. And for whatever reason, it looked like my hands were tied. And the people I depended on, to carry them out, for whatever reason failed. And now that I'm no more in office, and don't have the power to make things happen like before, I can see the things I could have done to change the economy and to change things. But for whatever reason, I couldn't do it. I did something. I did the best I could do, but could have done more. And I spoken speaking to past president of this country who tell me similar things, living with great regrets. And I said, but why don't you talk to the president right now? And they'll tell me they will not listen. There's something they will not listen to what I have to say until they are not in office. When they are in office, they are suspicious of what anybody says. So they will not listen. And it breaks my heart. But it is what it is. And I'll show you why good men can come into office, have good intentions, and can do a lot. But for whatever reason, they can be limited and restricted to going beyond their capacity and going the extra mile to make changes. I said to somebody the other day, I said, if the Lord Jesus come to town and become president of America or Ghana, we will celebrate him for a day or two. And after that, we we'll begin to criticize him. Even Jesus. If Jesus becomes a president, we'll find fault with him. Because, you see, the thing with human beings is, is the fallen nature of man. The woman that gave it me, it was the snake. It's always been like that from the days of old. That we always find a scapegoat. But I pray that you and I will not be a scapegoat. Say, I will not be a scapegoat. Say, I refuse to be a scapegoat. In the name of Jesus. The thing about human beings, we always... She blame on somebody. We never want to take responsibility of anything. We always have to find somebody to blame. And that is the problem with governance of nations. No leader can satisfy the people. No leader. I remember when President Mahama had to leave office. There were people who came to me. They said all kinds of interesting things. And this particular individual criticized President Mahama. I didn't say anything. I just kept quiet. Because silence cannot be quoted. Recently, the same person came to see me. He said, He said, Papa, Papa, President Mahama, he went to he did things. And then there's I learned there's some university he built somewhere. Uh, Abigail, there, where there's a lot of mango farms. What do you call the place? So many. He said he built the university, The man he really did well. Oh, he really worked for Ghana. I looked at him. And I almost wanted to slap him. I'm telling you. Something just came on my chest. And I felt like giving him some. And I just held my peace. And I said in him, said, these are the people who don't know their left from their right. If you follow them, they'll mislead you. I'm telling you. People will never be satisfied with anything you do. So if I was a politician... I will go the extra mile, and I will do some serious things, so that even though you criticize me, it will stand before you can't erase it. The motorway, you can't erase the motorway. Kwame Nkrumah did it; you can't erase it. Many, Akosombo, you can't you can't criticize President Kwame Nkrumah like you want to. You cannot erase the Akosombo time; it's history. I pray for you that you will make history in your lifetime. Yeah. You know, the Greek philosophy says, in every society, there are three kinds of people. The first kinds of people in every society are those very learned, very successful, but are into themselves. Don't care about anybody but themselves. That kind would never be remembered by history history will never remember you you were greedy you were selfish there's another kind the second kind of people in every society those who live only for their tribe tribalism it's all about their tribe that's why we have tribal wars all over then it's all about their political party political wars and conflicts for them Everything is their tribe. Everything is their political party. They will sacrifice a country, the peace of a nation, the well-being of a nation, for their tribe or for their political party. The third, and, and the third thing is, these same people, they live only for their religion. For them, their religion is everything. When it comes to their religion, nothing matters. When it comes to their religion, they are willing to sacrifice everything and even the land they stand upon to sacrifice it for their religion, to prove a point. There's another group of people in every society. The third group of people, we call them citizens. And that is what I want to be. I want to be a citizen of Ghana. I want to be a citizen, even of the world, because the world has become a global village. One pandemic broke up in China in the matters of which It swept across the whole nations of the world. It's a global village right now. I want to be a citizen. I don't want to put my political parties and, and the manifesto of my political party, which I don't have one, before my country. Yeah, if I want to join a political party, I'll join my father's party, CPP. But after Lehman, they've never won an election before. I pray that one day in our lifetime, they'll do so. Amen. Amen. But i want to be a citizen a citizen that cares for country and does not put my tribe my political party or my religion before country because if anything goes wrong with country your religion your tribe your political party does not exist let something go wrong and you will see where your religion your tribe and your political party will stand if you don't believe me check other countries and nations across the world look at ukraine having war nothing stands there people have forgotten about their political parties and their religion and their tribe may we never compromise the peace and the well-being of country to prove rights to prove the right of our political parties or our religion or our tribe let's be men and women who have love for country. And I pray that the day shall come when we will have leaders who are visionary leaders, selfless leaders like the Kwame Nkrumahs, who said, countrymen, ladies and gentlemen, Ghana, your country, is free at last, free at last. But then he said, the independence and freedom of Ghana is meaningless until it is connected to the total freedom and deliverance and liberation of the continent of Africa. I pray and look forward to see those kind of leaders selfless like the Sheikh of Dubai who stood up in a desert 30 years ago and said I have a dream I have a dream that I would turn this desert into a 21st city, century city where the nations and people will come and spend money here and 30 years after He turned the desert into a place that everyone wants to go to and spend money. He didn't do it because of his faith. He didn't do it because he was a Muslim. He did it because he had a vision. He was a visionary. He was selfless. He cared about his people and country. He was willing to sacrifice everything to make Dubai a better place. For his kids and for his grandchildren. All that God will raise in our lifetime, selfless leaders, visionary leaders who love country and will go to every extent to create an environment conducive in our country for investment and for citizens to rise and do well. Not just for foreign investors, but for citizens also to rise, to prosper, and to do well. All that day, I look forward to it in my lifetime. In the name of Jesus. Where? There'll be continuity. Where? The winner doesn't take it all anymore. Where will break this vicious cycle of the winner takes it all? And then they come and discontinue whatever the party before them did. And we go through the wilderness. A journey of 40 days become a journey of 40 years. And we keep going through it. And for whatever reason, we don't learn. Because there is a reason. I have come to the conclusion that the problem of Africa is spiritual. And I'll prove it to you. You see, there's a problem when we came to this land 30 years ago. There was a big snake like a crocodile that came here every night at a particular time. And it used to lie at the next door. And as a result of the power of that snake or beast, the project was difficult. We tried to build for years and nothing was moving. I have to sack three architects. I fought three architects. Do you remember so I said I sacked them? Then I fought the contractor. And at the time I thought that our finance minister, the one in charge of finance, had connived with the architects and the builders because we went 11 feet deep. We buried money on the ground people were frustrated I was frustrated and I came here day after day I wasn't seeing anything but a hole and they kept pouring concrete and iron rods and cement and I said what is this what kind of building are we building that we are not getting out of the ground and the people were asking questions people were tired of giving somehow to leave this church and I have to sack one architect, two, three and sack the contractor and I decided to be the contractor myself contractor without experience contractor who don't know what he was about and after i sacked everybody i didn't know what to do yeah so i gathered some engineers and said can we just raise the columns can we do something to bring hope can we just raise things let's bring the thing up so the people can see and they said it's not done that way the foundation must be solved and i said what kind of foundation that you keep digging and pouring money do you know how much money has gone into this thing so i said forget about the foundation let's just do a wire house and roof it pour the foundation pour concrete do a foundation raise columns roof the thing let people see something give me hope they said you can't do that papa you can't do that and i looked at them all i wanted to say forgive me please You don't know what went under this. And nothing was moving. And one day I said to Bishop, I said, Bishop, this snake, we have to do something. Then somebody came to me and said, Listen, I know, I know a Malam friend of mine. We can bring here and he can charm the snake and capture it and take it away. I said, No, we'll find another way to deal with it. So I said, I'm grateful, thank you. But we'll find another way. So myself and Bishop we went into a fast. I said, we're not engaging the church. They are tired of fasting and praying. If you go and tell them you fast and pray about this thing, they'll beat us. So, let's just handle it. These people are tired. If you are a leader, you must be sensitive to your people. So, we went into a prayer and fasting. <laughs> then the snake crossed to go over there. I didn't know what it went to do there. It was coming back. And this huge tipper truck hit it and passed over it on this winter's, we never we never saw it again from that time for whatever reason the project started moving things were happening and i saw the columns coming up and it gave me faith and i had hope but until then everything was falling apart nothing made sense let me tell you something and i'll prove it to you as we go along that as good as doctors are they are limited to what they can do. God heals through doctors. But they have limitations. Especially if what they are dealing with has its root and cause in the spirit realm, in the shadows. It's very difficult to deal with it medically. They can do all that they know how to until we deal with the cause and what is responsible behind the scenes. The thing will continue
2: to happen. I'll show you. Come with me. Finish this scripture. See I have this day set thee over the nations, uh-huh. and over the, the kingdoms, to, root, to out. root out, to pull down, and to pull down, hear me, unless destroy. you root out, and you pull down, there's
1: nothing you can do, go ahead, three, and to destroy, to destroy, and to throw down, to throw down, there are things that needs to be uprooted, pull down, destroy, and throw down, until we deal with those things, one of our contractors came to me, they were doing this road, and all the machineries broke down. Every attempt they did, they couldn't move anything. And I said to him, have you redeemed the land? He said, what do you mean? I said, you have to deal with the land though. And I showed you, to God cursed the land. He cursed the land for man's sake. And I said, if you don't redeem the land, because the blood of Jesus was not shed for the land. It was shed for the redemption of man, not the land. But it takes the redeem of the Lord to redeem the land. On the account of the blood of Jesus. Come on, put your hands together. Say yes. And I said, as the redeemer of the Lord. Until you redeem the land. And command the curse. And whatever is holding back progress on the land. If you don't command it to be lifted off the land. It doesn't matter the kinds of equipment you take to that land. Nothing will move. And my father used to do roads construction. He was a politician and ambassador. He used to do roads. And I remember he took us some villages to do roads. And I saw some very strange things in the night. Some strange things would come out from the bush in the night. And there was a lot of battles and things with the roads. So many crises, I won't go into details. Yeah. And I said, You must take oil. Call Bishop Nyaku, call one of the bishops. Let him go to the site. Pour oil. Consecrate the ground. Command curses and whatever powers have a hold on that land to be broken and lifted. And every time we've done that, things begin to move and things begin to happen. Hear me, the fact that you are the redeemer of the Lord and you are born again and you quote scripture every now and then, don't mean everything is just going to work out for you. No. It's a fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. No victory without a fight. There's no crown without a fight. You have to learn how to fight. This life is not fair. And I I put it to you, irrespective of your theology, your philosophy, I'm telling you that life is not fair. And life don't give you what you want or wish for or desire, but what you are willing to fight for. is about what you can fight for. That is what gives you what you deserve. Put your hands together. Go ahead. To build and Uh to plant until until you root out pull down destroy until you learn how to overthrow what was there before you you can't build and you can't plant i was talking to one of my staff the other day he's been trying to build and every time he raises things up then a strange wind will come and knock it down so the other day he came to say papa i have to talk to you i say what he said A strange wind came from nowhere, pulled everything down. So I looked at him, and I said to him, did your father build? He said, no. How about your grandfather? No. I said, "Uh uh-huh. I said, you you can't get up and build like that, oh my son. Because your father didn't build. Your grandfather didn't build. You are trying to break the rule. What are you talking about? I said, you have to deal with some things. And I said, stop building. Because another wind will come. And I'll show it to you. I'll prove it to you why these things happen. That there are unseen forces, unseen barriers. Working against people. So you find somebody have, has everything but in this one particular area. And I hear people say, well you know, in life you are never going to have it all. I don't believe it. I believe you can have it all. I believe you can have it all. And when I say have it all... I don't mean for you men, you can marry 1,000 women like Solomon. Because I know some of you, say, Papa said you can have it all. So you break loose. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you can have all sufficiency in all things like the scripture says. Say amen. amen. That's what I'm talking about. You can. There are some wise sayings I don't agree with it. I don't believe it, I'm telling you. I have issues with some. Because when I look at what God has said and what God. Look at. Look at. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He said, I know the plans and the thoughts I have of you. They are of good and not of evil. Jeremiah 29, 11. The thoughts or the plans I have for you, they are of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. That's it. That God said, my plan for you is for good and not evil. God has never imagined any evil for you and I. Jeremiah 29, and 11 and you see those are all spiritual matters you may laugh but i'm trying to get my scripture he's taking me back to jeremiah 110 i've left there but he won't leave me alone he keeps taking me there yeah say manipulations yeah i yeah, yeah. say calculations yeah, it's all designed to frustrate you to get you off course to distract you so that you can concentrate because concentration is the womb of accomplishment so if you can be distracted you are missing it but I refuse to be distracted so God has not imagined any evil for you and I but good and let God's good purpose let his good plan for our life in the name of Jesus override any other plan Put your hands together and say yes. You see, so if you look at Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and you look at your present circumstances and some of the things going on, it's a contradiction because it doesn't add up. God says this, and what you see happening is not what the word of God says, there is a contradiction. Something is trying to undermine the efficacy and the, the, the integrity of the promise and of the word of God. And somebody must stand up and say, the word of God prevails. Say, the word of God prevails. The word of God prevails. Amen? Let's go ahead and look at some more scriptures. Come with me. Let's, let's begin our journey quickly. Come with me to Genesis. Genesis 3, 17 and 18
2: quickly and unto Adam he said because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee saying thou shalt not eat of it cursed is the ground for thy sake in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat the herb of the field two
1: things here, every man must be careful must be careful of the voice of your wife And I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to her. You should. But you should know when it's frustration and when it's her emotions and when she's venting and when God is speaking through her. You have to discern that. You have to learn to listen and not just jump and go to war anytime she speaks. You have to be wise. You have to learn how to listen and let her vent. And when she finishes, you take your time and you do due diligence before you act. Because if you don't do that, you will err and make a lot of mistakes. That's all I'll say. I don't want to go beyond that. Amen. Other than that, the women won't give an offering today. And the women always give more than the men anyway. Amen. But when But if, if you realize God didn't curse Adam nor Eve, he cursed the ground, see the ground. And I said, when the blood of Jesus was shed, it was shed to redeem man, not the land. And so it is the responsibility of the redeemer of the Lord to redeem the land on the account of the blood of Jesus and the finished work of the cross. See, I hear you. Now let's move on quickly and look at. Come with me to Genesis chapter 9,
2: verse 24 to 25. Genesis 9, 24 to 25. And Noah awoke from his wine Uh and knew what his younger son had done unto him. Uh And he said cursed be Canaan a servant of seven shall he be unto his brethren Uh now there's a lot of people
1: who believe that the black man was cursed they believe that the black man came out of ham but it's not true because if you're a student of the scriptures you realize that ham was not cursed and the reason why ham was not cursed was because you can't curse what God has blessed God blessed Noah and his three sons. And because they were blessed, Noah couldn't curse what God had blessed. And so what Noah did was to go past Ham, who erred or sinned or transgressed against his father. Today, there is a generation of sons and daughters who dishonor their fathers and their mothers. The Bible says, Honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long. There's a blessing in honoring your father. There's a blessing in honoring your mother. There's a blessing in honoring leaders. The Bible says, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of my people. This is a generation that will insult leaders, will insult politicians. They don't care who, they will insult just anybody. Something is wrong with this generation. And, And you are attracting a curse and not a blessing. But if you want a blessing of goodwill and long life, you must learn honor your father your mother and the elders there's something about honoring the fathers and the elders it gives longevity and goodwill and so noah when he awoke there's another issue here noah was so successful that he got drunk with his own success and you have to be very careful whenever you achieve your goals in life whenever you are sitting pretty and things are falling in place for you you must be very very careful because a great achievement and success has a way of messing with you if you are not careful. It can mess with you and you can feel like you've made it. You are Mr. and Madam. I've made it. I don't need anybody. You begin to look down on people, despise people, mistreat, mishandle people. It's not going to help you, I'm telling you. You got to treat men as men. You got to treat people as people. Irrespective of who you are, you must learn to maintain the common touch. Matudakudah as it is. That's one thing I like about President Kufur. That all these years, when he was in power, and right now, he's a giant, he's a great warrior, and a good leader, but he never lost the common touch. Never. I found the same thing with President Rawlings before he left office and after he left office anytime i call him mr president we need to talk something is bothering me and he will say okay when do you want to come in is there any minister do you want you want to be in the meeting i say yes i think the attorney general and this minister and that minister must be there and i go in and we talk because i've learned that the puppet is not to be used to attack politicians and people, but it's to be used to preach the uncompromising and unadulterated word of God. That's what a pulpit is used for. And we should keep it that way. Hallelujah. If you don't learn to keep the common touch, it's just a matter of time. Because there come a time when everybody will need somebody. I'm telling you. A great man had a dinner invited a then president in one of these African countries. And the food was delicious, but there was no salt. And Mr. President said, can you get me some salt? I need salt. They didn't have salt in the whole house. They don't eat salt. And the madame went to the kitchen and said to the cook, what do we do? We need salt for Mr. President. She wouldn't go back because the president was waiting for the salt. So the chef said, don't worry, I'll fix this thing. He ran to a neighbor living in a madhouse and went to get some salt the hard ones, and he came, put it in the machine and ground it and everything, give it to the president, the president ate the food and said, ma'am, madam, your food is undeliberable Undeliverable uh, undeliberable what? Dish, delicious. Said all the nice things, the woman felt so good. So after the president left, his, the woman said to the cook, the chef, where did you get the salt from? He said, I went to our poor neighbors. Come on, salt! One day, can make a difference with all your money. I know, I know you are sitting pretty. I know you are loaded. I know you are a financial mogul. I know you are an oil sheikh. I know you are very connected. I know you went to Yale, Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Princeton. I know you are intellectually sophisticated. I know you are exposed. You speak the Queen's English and you speak slang. But let me tell you something. And I know you have all the best of cars in town. I had a friend many years ago. He had every car you can think of in his garage with an air conditioner in the garage. Cooling the vehicles. I used to stay in his house. I won't mention the place. Hear me. There come a time when all those things means nothing. Yesterday we laid to rest one of our sisters, one of my own daughters, she laid in the casket here. She see her picture, beautiful on the screen. Good attorney, great lawyer, married to a good guy, beautiful kids, good husband, loving family. And she had to leave. She left with everything, all her successes, the office, her investment, everything. She went without anything. Louis Vuitton bags and watches and perfume. She left everything. There come a time when all the things we chase after means nothing. But what we did, we did when we were alive. Use what you have to do good. Help God's work. Help the church. Do something for the church. Help the church to touch the poor and the needy. Let me show you some few scriptures because of time. Quickly Bishop Noah Did not curse Ham He cursed Ham's last Born Canaan His name is Canaan And the black man didn't come from Canaan The black man was one of the Sons of Ham And our father's name is Cush And Cush means The man with the dark skin But Cush was not Cursed Cush was not blessed ham was not cursed and ham was not also blessed that has serious implications but the one that was cursed is canaan and i will not tell you who the canaanites are ask mr google he'll tell you who the canaanites are yeah i don't want to get into into trouble these days when i was young i used to say things bizarre. these days i think before i say it because silence is not quotable amen Come with me to Joshua
2: six twenty six. I want to show you something. This is this is the this is the rare thing. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, "Cursed be the man before the Lord that rises up and buildeth the city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it." You see, so this is where my message
1: is all along it's just been stutter ladies and gentlemen welcome to the rear meal bon appetit this is the meal take your forks and your knife and we can begin eating now if you look at this scripture carefully it reveals a very deep secret and is very worrying that when the man of god joshua conquered jericho he pronounced a curse over the city and said curse be before the lord whom i stand Be the man that rebuilds the walls of Jericho, he will lay, he will raise the wall with his firstborn son, and then he will set the gate with the secondborn son. Hear me 500 years after, a man rose up who had great and deep pockets, substance, money, and he saw the state and the condition of his city and said, I will do something to correct this thing. We deserve better, and that is the issue. That politicians are battling with. It's not enough. To have a good desire. Or a wish to do good. Or to do right. You must understand why everybody who came before you. Have struggled to do the right thing. You must understand why all these years and decades. Country hasn't moved like it ought to move. There is a spiritual reason. There's a reason. That when you get to that office. And you sit on that chair. Called president. There are serious implications. And if you are not a spiritual man, and you don't understand the technicalities and the legalities to engage the hand of Almighty God to steal the storm and to deal with the contradiction, you be in office, have all the good intentions, and you find out when your time is over that the thing you should have done, you didn't do, but you did everything else. But the one thing that you should have done was not done. It's a spiritual matter. Let's look at this scripture carefully. Let's examine this. So 500 years after Joshua had died, a man rose up. Had good intentions to build Jericho. Look at what happened to him. Come with me to the book of 1 Kings 1634. 1 Kings 1634. This is 500 years after that pronouncement was made. That tells you how long curses, how long pronouncement can stay over cities, families, nations, bloodline, individuals. I'm telling you, it's a very serious thing I'm telling you here. As a spiritual man, I've come to the conclusion, I've traveled all over Africa. And what I see here, I see it everywhere in Africa. And I've come to the conclusion that our problem is spiritual. And unless we have leaders, who are selfless, visionary leaders and are willing to deploy the hand of God to correct the error and to deal with the unseen barriers and the forces that will not allow the economy and the right thing to be done. The forces that will make sure that those who are managing the affairs of the country don't do right. There are forces like that.
2: Right, look at NIV says, in Ahab's time, uh-huh. Hael of Bethel rebuilt Jericho. Uh-huh. He laid his foundations at the cost of his firstborn son, uh-huh. Abiram. Uh-huh. And he set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Sagab,
1: uh-huh.
2: in accordance with the word of the Lord spoken by Joshua, son of Nan. 500 years. Hear me.
1: I know you are intellectually sophisticated, smart, and skillful but you can listen intellect and intellectual capabilities and wisdom and philosophy cannot fight demons demons are not afraid of your sophistication no. they are very wicked spirits and they are real and they are entities and they are very much alive and they are real don't fool with it at the cost of his firstborn, at the cost of his second born 500 years after Just as Joshua spoke. Is there a possibility? And there are three forms of curses. There's the first curse we call inward curses. He blesses you with his mouth and says, Eat, but curses you inside of him or in his heart. Check it for me, Bishop. It's in one of the Psalms. He curses you in his heart. In his heart. Then there's a second curse, which is written curses. written judgment then there's a third one called spoken cases this one was spoken and for 500 years it affected the development and progress of jericho up to today you go to jericho and you realize that something is wrong here compare jericho to all the others jordan and other places see that jericho has not moved because of what joshua said and It even affected the waters, the drinking waters in Jericho. That it took a man by the name of Elisha with the double portion of a fathers' mantle to reverse the curse over the waters of Jericho. Because it was said that when the women drank the waters of Jericho, they became barren because of what Joshua said. Is there a possibility that someone has spoken against us, has said something against Ghana, our economy, or your family, or the men or women in your bloodline that is still having effect? And negative consequences. It's not enough for you to say, I'm redeemed. It's not for, enough for you to say, I'm born again. No, 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 no. You got to know how to apply the scriptures, take the promises and the word of God and go to war and override them and overturn, revoke and repeal, command it to be lifted and to have no impact and effect and consequence on you or on your seed. I will show you how these things work. It's very serious. Do hadika sadah
2: psalm 62 verse 4 look at it they only console to cast him down from his excellence uh-huh they delight in lies uh-huh they bless with their mouth uh-huh but they curse inwardly inward cases so there are people who can curse you inwardly and they haven't said anything
1: and there are people too who curse you by saying something then there's another curse we call written curses. but today we nullify we are and we squash inward cases written curses. Spoken curses. Let them be lifted and be broken of You, our family, our wives, our children, our sons, and our daughters. Our going out by air, by land, and water. We break curses. Put your hands together. Break the curse. Break curses. Break it. We break it. We break curses. In the name of Jesus. Say amen. Look at Psalm 41 verse 5. Look at Psalm 41 verse 5. And my enemies say, My enemies speak evil of me. When shall he... Anyone speaking evil of us. In the name of Jesus. We overturn the implications. We reverse the consequence. And hear me. Don't go around thinking that everybody loves you. You. I know you're a good person. And because you are good, you don't think ill of anybody. You think everybody loves you. You are naive. Somebody said naivete. Yeah. There are people who don't like you. And it has nothing to do with what you've done wrong or right. They just don't like you for who you are.
2: Period. It is what it is. And you got to learn to fight back. Yeah, go ahead. My enemies speak evil of me.
1: Speaking evil. Speaking evil. If you know what people speak of me every day. I hear things about myself and I marvel sometimes. Sometimes I stand in the mirror, I look at myself and I say, is it you? you, 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 Nicholas, do you hear what they are saying about you? And I have to block it. And I have to stand in the mirror and I say, I repeal the consequence. I cancel, cancel the effect of what they are saying. They will change their mind. It's just a matter of time. You are not what they are saying of you. And that will not be the outcome of your life. Say my life, say the outcome of my life shall not be determined by the projections or the imaginations or the ill will of those who wishes me ill. In the name of Jesus, put your hands together, shout yes. Go ahead. When at shall this. he die and uh-huh. his name perish? You see, they, they are saying when will you die yeah there are people out there they are waiting for the day you die and not death only not that but they are and i'll show you a scripture they go beyond when you shall die and say and his name perish you know what it means that his name perish means no continuity that your name won't continue after you somebody say the devil is a liar oh come on somebody say the devil is a liar say say in the name of jesus there will be continuity My name will endure. My name shall endure. Against all contradiction. By the power of Jesus name. Put your hands together. and Say yes. Say I will not bury any of my children. I will not bury. Come on. Say I will not bury my children. Say my wife won't be a widow. My wife won't be a widow. My children will not be fatherless. Put your hands together. Say it. Say it. Declare it. You have to say it. You have to declare it. My wife will not be a widow. My children will not be fatherless. I will not bury any of my children by any means. In the name of I'm not going down. I am not going down. Amen. Now, we'll come back to this. I want to show you something. Come with me. Let's look at another scripture quickly. Come with me, please. Come with me to 2 Samuel 121. 2 Samuel 121.
2: Ye mountains of Gilboa. Gilboa uh-huh. Let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, uh-huh. nor fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away. O the shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed. As with God. though he was not anointed.
1: May the outcome of your life be good and not evil in the name of Jesus. Say
2: amen. And here, read it again. Ye mount. Mountains of Gilboa. Gilboa. Let there be no dew.
1: Listen, how many of you have been to Israel before? The next time you go to Israel, go to Mount Gilboa. You will see that every mountain in Israel, they've raised crops upon it. And there is grass upon it, except Mount Gilboa. Because David, a man of God, cursed that mountain because the mighty and the anointed fell upon it. And that curse is still working up to today. It's a very serious thing. Curses can afflict families. From generation to generation. Sometimes somebody in your bloodline can do something and the curse can be pronounced against the bloodline which has nothing to do with you. When you go to the hospital to see a doctor, they give you a form to fill. And then they investigate, they want to know is anybody in your family? Has anybody in your family had hypertension, high blood pressure? These data—they that, that are asking questions. What they are doing? They are investigating. They want to know because these things are hereditary. It moves from one generation to another. It flows through the bloodline. It flows through the DNA. No sooner came to hands the kant to sind kadunda Let the veil be removed. Let there be illumination Let there be light
0: We know you are blessed by that word of God And look forward to you joining the messages Of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams Again For more information on our events Books and messages Please visit NDW Ministries Online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on 877-361-5111. Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life-transforming power of God's blessings.